Hello, faithful listeners. This is Pastor John Clowder from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake, and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Welcome you to worship anytime on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 10.30, and thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead. Then an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Get up and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a wilderness road, so Philip got up and went. Now there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of the Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning home. Seated in his chariot, he was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, Go over to this chariot and join it. Philip ran up to it, heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. Do you understand what you are reading? How can I, unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to get in and sit beside him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep he was led to the slaughterhouse, and like a lamb silent before the shear. So he does not open his mouth. In his humility, justice was denied him who can describe his generation, for his life is taken away from the earth. About whom, may I ask you? Does the prophet say this about himself or about someone else? I bring you good news about Jesus. As they were going along the road, they came to to some water. Look, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? Stop the chariot. Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, And Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more and went on his way to rejoice. John 15, verse 5. I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who abide in me. And I in them. Bear much fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. The gospel of the Lord. Grace and peace to you, my friends, in Christ. Okay, so today's reading, which we heard from the kids as they told us the story in the book of Acts and, and from the Gospel of John, they do illustrate a couple of important characteristics of, of what it means to be part of the church. And so, first, what we saw in the book of Acts was this exchange. You know, we've got someone who's kind of an insider, Philip, someone who's one of the first evangelists in the church and in the Bible, and he's encountering this stranger, someone he doesn't know from Ethiopia, who we hear this exchange between the two of them. It's, it's, it's about telling a story. It's about sharing the good news about Jesus. It's also a good story about hearing the good news and then responding. You know, the Ethiopian eunuch makes sense. Like, he gets it. He's, he's able to see the water and asks to be baptized because now he understands what this is all about and he wants to belong. So we don't know what's going to happen next in the story. We don't hear what happens when the Ethiopian eunuch moves forward, but we do see how excited uh, that this makes him to, to hear this good news. And so with his leadership on the court, we have an assumption that he's going to go back and he's going to tell others about what has happened to him. 
Think about here at Faith Lutheran too, you know, we've had our Sunday school teachers, our confirmation mentors, you know, the, the members of our church who had conversations with your students to talk to them about what it means to be part of the church and to be able to live some of that out and some of those things that our students did to prepare for this day and to be able to get ready. We think about how all of that has come together and we think about how we are all part of this vine because this is another metaphor for what it means to be part of the church together, that we aren't alone. We're part of a bigger system. So yes, Jesus, when we think about Jesus and the cross and we remember that Christ has made this path for us, we also are those offshoots of the vine. Like together we are all intertwined with that and we go forward and together we, we put Christ at our center. So faith isn't just about, you know, just stopping and standing still. It's actually about growing. It's about moving forward and remembering that Christ is at the center of our lives. So even in a pandemic, we certainly understand that things were different for our students this year. Uh, and so I, was, I really wanted to get to the bottom of that. I, maybe you could say I did a little investigative reporting. I asked someone uh, what her thoughts were. So here's Vanessa. She's going to share what this experience was for her. And I think she speaks for all of our students very, uh, very well. So here we go. Well, good morning. And Vanessa, as one of our representatives of the confirmation class, you get to be in the, the seat. You're going to answer some questions. Uh, kind of the voice of the confirmation student who is affirming your baptism today, telling everyone what this experience has been like. The experience, unlike any other, because you've <laughs> experienced your your last year has been in pandemic. So I'd love to hear more how that went. But well, what's like what's been one of your favorite memories of confirmation? Um, I would say overall, it's it's been fun. Um, one of my favorite memories was Grandma's Attic, where um, we would go and help little kids choose out presents for um, like relatives and stuff, and it was just really fun to help them out and see what they got and see their excitement. What was your role? Did, were you helping with wrapping, too, or was that, was that down the line someone else got to do yeah, that? Yeah, so it was sort of like I would go with some of the kids, and they would choose out what they wanted. I would pick it out for them, and then we would go with them and help them wrap it and stuff. So sort of everything. What are some of the things that you're excited for for next? Like, what, where do you see this launching off with your faith development? Yeah, I definitely hope to help out more in church. Um, I'm going on the Boundary Waters trip this summer, so I'm super excited for that. And then just watching church every Sunday. Yeah, very good. Uh, Okay, with the stress of school and with sports, how do you see some of the ways that you can stay active and kind of keep asking questions and learning more about your faith? Yeah, um, well, definitely watching church every Sunday sort of just helps out, just de-stresses my, me. Yeah. And um, so we just sit down and watch it on the live stream. Um, but it's definitely a lot better in person, so I can't wait to just go back to church. You've been one of our leaders too, like especially more kind of towards the beginning of the pandemic, you had a very important role in worship. What was one of the things that you were were doing to be actually be part of the worship services? Do you want to tell everyone about that? Maybe they don't know about it. Yeah, well, I was the reporter in um, Word on the Street, which was super fun. So I would do that for the kids' messages and um, that was just super fun. You've done some acting, and you're, you actually just finished a show too, yeah. right? Do yeah. you want to tell everyone what you've been? Yeah, so I just finished Matilda. Um, it was a school play, so our show week one was just this past weekend, and we performed four shows. I was the dad in Matilda. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's super fun. I've been doing lots of shows for lots of years. Yeah, yeah your, your, your character in the children's message certainly had a lot of... Uh, 
uh, enthusiasm and some flavor that I always was getting great feedback. People said, oh, how much they, they loved the your investigative reporter. Uh, one of the other things as we, we think about kind of how you've, you've been doing your faith statement and all of that, one of the things that you had to do for your faith statement was to actually talk to someone from faith and, and ask them some questions. Who did you end up talking to and tell, tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about some of the things you talked about? Yeah, so I interviewed, um, Nicole Lindbergh and it was really interesting to just see in all, all the ways which she helps out in the church, which is a lot. And then just, um, her journey getting there and her story is really interesting. And then she, um, there was one question of why you think she, people should, um, help out and just be in, help out with the church. And she just said that, um, stretching your comfort zone and just trying new things, it's really good for you. Uh, some of the, the new things she's tried, uh, were they things that you were familiar with or things that you knew about within the church or maybe some of the things that, that you've been really interested in as well? Yeah, some of them I didn't really know about. Yeah. Um, I've heard of the food drives that she's helped out in, mm-hmm. but lots of them were new to me. So it was really interesting hearing about those. Kind of eye-opening to see where the church is and in the community and things like that, Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, what about you? What are some of the things that Faith is doing that are interesting to you or things that you are are drawn to that you're like, oh, that that's something I'd like to be able to be part of or, or learn more about? Um, I think Tiny Homes, really. It's really okay. interesting to learn about that, and I really like that project. Um, right now, I know there's not a whole lot I can do, but it's just really interesting to learn about it. All right. The the question that I, I know you, you've talked about, of course, uh, COVID has, has been this very difficult thing for, obviously, for all of us to kind of go through. What's it like What's it been like to do confirmation in COVID? It's been really different. Um, I do 100% online. So um, I watch it on the live stream and I a- answer the questions after the sermon. And so I just sit there in my living room and watch it. And it's a, it's really different. But I, I'm being confirmed. So yeah. it worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Uh, what you gave one of my favorite answers is, you know, because each week when I'm asking questions, uh, the confirmation students are replying and, you know, we've got questions at the end. So it's like, have you been paying attention and, and able to answer these? So one of the questions that I asked was in February. We were doing kind of a wrap up of the Ten Commandments. Uh, and maybe you remember this. We were talking about the greatest commandment and Jesus was telling us to love thy neighbor and that how that's not one of the Ten Commandments. But I was wondering, well, how does the how does this commandment by Jesus to say to love thy neighbor, uh, how does that relate to the Ten Commandments? And I actually have what you wrote. Do you want to read this for everybody? Sure. You, This is what you had to say. Uh, okay. How does this relate? So I wrote, the, um, the greatest commandment summarizes the commandments as a whole. To love your neighbor as yourself, you must comply with the rest of the commandments, since they all do good for others and yourself. I love that. Uh, just kind of this, you, you were able to connect not only how we, we're talking about these Ten Commandments of, of, you know, talking with Moses and the Israelites, then connecting it to Jesus and how that kind of makes that come to life. I love how the answers that you've been, then, that you've been sharing with us today are like thinking about how our faith applies to us, uh, and how we live that out. So thank you very much for doing that. All right. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to say? Back to you in the sanctuary, Pastor John. You are quite the aspiring actress, uh, Vanessa, so thank you for that. I, I loved how what you were able to share was very helpful. It kind of, there, there were some elements of your story that were 
reminding me of this guy. And so I, I think it's really important to think about some of the things that, that as students you're trying to process and you're trying to make sense of and you're trying to figure out. And so uh, this guy just so happens to be, uh, his name's Trevor. He was actually the number one recruited uh, high school football player back in 2017, okay? And in 2018, Trevor was a freshman in college, and the starting quarterback on his team uh, was a guy named Kelly Bryant. And his, he had led his team to the final uh, college football semifinals the year before, and so he'd, he was a pretty good quarterback, uh, yet Trevor's coach decided that he was going to bench Kelly Bryant after just four games and start playing Trevor as a freshman instead. By the end of the season... They hadn't lost a single game, and they won the college football national championship. And in the two seasons to follow, he's only lost two games in his career. And so teams were actively trying to lose in order to ensure that they would have the opportunity to add him to their team and, and to draft him as this once-in-a-generation player. So on Thursday night, of course, the Jacksonville Jaguars made it official, and Trevor Lawrence became their starting quarterback. They were the biggest losers to earn the opportunity to get the biggest winner. The story about Trevor Lawrence is interesting to me because as a 21-year-old, here he is. He's the first pick in the draft. Movie star looks and football star. He's a newlywed to his uh, high school sweetheart. Set to earn more money than any of us could ever imagine. And I'm thinking to myself, man, this guy must be really selfish and all about himself. And then I was reading an article about him in Sports Illustrated. And it started talking about his relationship with his brother. And his brother's four years older than him. And his brother Chase has been struggling with alcohol, making some bad choices, and and doing some dangerous things. And his brother Chase has since sobered up, and he's devoted himself to his Christianity. And so the two of them have really started having these conversations. And Chase and Trevor are both questioners. They both don't just take everything at face value. And that includes the things that they were hearing on Sunday mornings in church. They both understood that to be a believer, it actually meant that they had to ask why. Trevor actually says, you know, I got to a point in my life where it really wasn't just enough for me to blindly follow something. So now I'm in my 20s, and it's like, okay, what's really important to me? What do I believe? You see, for Trevor, football's not his religion. He's able to understand the difference in his life. He's able to make sense of what his calling has been. So he vows he's never going to sign an eight-figure contract and then say, well, this was all part of God's plan. He's going to be the Christian that he wants to be, but he's also going to be the football player he wants to be. And then he'll decide how he wants to, what he wants to get out of his Sunday mornings. You see, he's a passionate believer, but he does it on his own terms. I think what a great role model he is because he hasn't been defined by his football abilities. He's more interested in being a complete person. So his faith is how he is able to shape and understand his life. It makes up a a very key part of who he is. So ninth graders, you got a lot going on, clearly. Sports and school and music and plays and activities, these are the things that consume a lot of your time and your attention. As your identity develops in the years to come, it's going to be tempting for you to believe that you are defined by your success, that the things that you do, your success or failure, is a definition of who you are and your identity. Don't forget that your faith plays a very important role in who you are. In confirmation, you've taken this time, we've we've poured a lot of information into your head. But religion and church, it's not just a bunch of rules. I mean, church isn't where you come and learn how to be the moral police of everybody else's behaviors. 
purpose of confirmation has actually been to teach you the stories, to teach you the small catechism, to learn like what this is all about, and then to surround you with faithful questioners, people who are going to walk with you and challenge you and to be able to turn to when things get really tough. But they're also going to be there to help celebrate with you. In many ways, confirmation has been like this experience with the Ethiopian eunuch, like this light bulb going off, like this, oh, now I get it. I want to be part of something greater than myself. I want to step into this future knowing that I'm not alone and that God will always be walking with me. And that is part of your identity that you are claiming today, that you are stating, that you have, you have said that this faith of yours, it's not something set in stone that now you just get to say, boom, I'm going to move on. This is something that moves with you. It helps you as you grow. It helps you as you adapt. It helps you as you face these challenges in your lives. I'm grateful to be part of that journey with you because Christ is the vine and collectively we are the branches. Amen. Well, that's it for this week's sermon. Thank you for joining us. Look for more information on faithfl.org or certainly reach out to the office if you would like to receive weekly email updates. Thank you.